it used to be duct tape. Like that's what yeah. I, that's what my fix was last time. So like I just like resoldered it. Like again, put more duct tape on it just to like secure it on the inside, but then on the <laughs> okay, outside. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. How the? Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, that, that, that's just just the jankiest. I was gonna say, how did the solder turn out? Like the Fine. actual like, because the time like my I fixed my I fixed that first guitar that Epiphone Telecaster, but like it's the on the inside oh yeah it's they're globs oh like big old globs that's the thing i didn't even like find the solder that i have somewhere in this apartment (laughs) like i just use the excess glob (laughs) okay nice i was like oh thanks thanks for fucking this up the first time around just use all the garbage lying around Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 60, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And it's just the two of us tonight, mm-hmm. and I think this is our first time together, John, oh, yeah. uh, with just the two of us. So, no uh, chaperones. Randall's got a busy week, yeah. <laughs> no one at the dance with us tonight, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, what, uh, I know we're going to get into a few things later, uh, but what have, uh, you been kind of dipping around in, uh... Other than the meat of the episode, yeah, this week, John. So I decided, you know, it had it was June by the time that uh, we reached it, and I was like, I should probably <laughs> get around to start playing the the resolution that we decided back on our <laughs> holiday episode when we all picked a game that we wanted to play, and I it wasn't don't remind even, me, don't remind me. I know we'll we'll get into <laughs> I know, that I gotta get in to a it, minute, yeah. but uh, yeah, I. I picked out transistor back in the day and like they had just put pyre on the itchio bundle for racial justice so like that got me back into thinking about super giant as a whole and i was like you know what i i've had this game for a while i bought it i don't even remember when on the switch and uh booted it up and have not played too much of it but i've played enough to like start unlocking some of the mechanics in it and i'm really enjoying it like there's uh i really like the way that uh at least with bastion like they handle narrative in like interweaving it with the gameplay yeah like they do lean very heavily on like you know a narrator just like saying everything that's happening and like at least in with bastion you know there is that kind of like i don't know removal from the story where it was more of like oh, like, a third person, like, narrating what's happening, whereas in Transistor, like, it's your sword. So, like... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, sometimes it would just be, like, if you were just breaking a bunch of boxes and bashing, it'd just be, like, the kid goes nuts for a little while yeah. or something like that. And it was, like, uh, it's just, like, a nice touch, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, having, like, a, an active participant, even if, like, they are, like, a little bit more detached than, like, say, like, if it were... I don't know you or something like <laughs> like they're, they're having that like connection also like I don't know I, I think it's really good and I have enjoyed it so far and I'm really looking forward to getting more into it yeah I really want to play that game because I, I enjoyed Bastion I, I mean I love the art style the music the, yeah. I love the narration like almost everything about it I, I guess I just didn't get fully sucked into like the gameplay like the combat mechanics and like getting all the weapons and all that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of was like, Oh, I like these weapons and just kind of plowed through the game. And I enjoyed the experience, but it didn't 
like stick with me in any particular way, I guess, but mm-hmm. other than just like, oh, cool game. But on to the next one. But like, uh, I'm really excited to play Transistor. Like, I love the music. I love the idea. Like, because I think you don't you play like a singer of some kind. You do. And you like that incorporates into the gameplay somehow. Or? Yeah. Like they they mentioned like very early on in the game like that uh, like you've had your voice stolen. So like that's also like kind of contributes to the fact that like you know your sword is like commenting on things mostly because like you can't you don't have a voice gotcha mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a really i i think it's a, a handy trope but uh like I, I really like the way that like i don't know they even incorporate like i'm not sure if it's i think i've seen that it was a a dedicated button like in reviews when the game first came out that i think that there's like a button that you just hum um but that might also i might be confusing that with journey because like i'm <laughs> God, there's that so... sounds that sounds vaguely familiar, mm-hmm. and uh, and for what it's worth too, I've I've watched a bunch of the Super Giant stuff. They have a ton of uh, Super Giant videos on the No Clip channel yeah. on YouTube, and everyone there, at least everyone that's featured in the video, they just all seem like such awesome, like nice people. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I just want to support them no matter what. Like their new game Hades looks really yeah. cool, and yeah, they with Pyre being in too. the bundle. Oh, okay, they did. Yeah, I think they released like a huge patch to that. That I think one of them said like was like the like audio that they included in this one patch for Hades like had more dialogue than the entirety of Bastion. Oh geez. So yeah, there's a that's a, crazy a huge thing. I think it's is it still in beta? I think it's in early. Act. I think so. I know it's it's like an Epic Store exclusive. I think gotcha. and like or at least for the time. You know, I don't know if that's permanent, but for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's early access or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since you're talking about your. Uh, resolution game john mm-hmm. i uh i actually went to try to download my resolution game which was undertale mm-hmm. which i really need to play and especially when i've you know now that i've been dipping into all these like kind of smaller itchio super charming games like that were included in the bundle not that they're they all fall into that category but a lot of the stuff i've been playing uh does and i was just like oh you know what undertale like yeah, and and again, you mentioned that you were playing Transistor, so I was like, yeah, I should I should get on that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of I upgraded my Xbox Game Pass to the Ultimate, so I have like <laughs> Xbox Live Gold, and then you get the PC and the console Game Pass, which Undertale is included in the PC Game Pass and not in uh not in the console. And so is Time Spinner, for example. But Time Spinner, I was able to download on my uh, Xbox and play it. Okay, and then I tried to download Undertale, mm-hmm. but it actually apparently never came out on Xbox. It's like out on almost every other console and platform imaginable. But yeah, it's apparently not on Xbox. But now that I have my computer all hooked up for gaming, you know, I uh, I think I need to get back on that and, and get on uh, Undertale. But I know you were talking, John, a little bit about considering dipping into Deltarune. And, and you've obviously played Undertale. Do you have any thoughts just in general on that? Or Oh, yeah. Like, well, back when you were mentioning, like, that you tried to, like, get it on the Xbox, but, like, the fact that it had never been ported there directly, I was like, there, like, I know that, like, Toby Fox had to do, like, specific programming for the ports that, like, like uh, there's some stuff that like was only like possible on a computer so like yeah i I still don't know what the difference is between the like pc version and the uh like console versions are but like i i know the pc version the only version you've played or correct like oh okay i played it back like when it was first released um and loved it okay like it i really enjoyed undertale and i think like it does a 
actually, honestly, in the, like the only other games that like kind of did the same thing where like, I feel like they really incorporated gameplay into like narrative was like, uh, uh, for me personally, like the ending of Bastion, I think did a, like has like a very specific moment that like, and like, uh, kind of all like similar to like journey where like, you know, there's like the, the gameplay itself is really what's dry, like, uh, driving the narrative. And I think it does it. And like those games do it in a way that I really have not felt in basically any other type of game. Like, I think that like, they are the ones that are really using video games as a unique genre. Like, I think that, you know, there have been tons of like narrative games that I've played that at the same time, I was like, I could see this like at, at it, like being an adaptation in a TV show or a movie. And like, yeah, there are very few like games specifically like it with a narrative lean to them that like, I feel like, no, this has to be a game and it has to be this specific game in order to achieve what it's trying to achieve. And yeah. like, I think undertale does that honestly in a way that like, I've never felt like, like, cause they, they, each of those games that I mentioned do it in a completely different way. Like, I feel like journey, like, uh, achieves it in like one way through gameplay and like bastion does it another. And then like undertale was like, I've, I've talked to DJ about this. Like, you know, there are, uh, different ways to play the game. And like, I stopped playing like on a second playthrough just because like, it made me feel so bad like as a person like not like uh, yeah i just could not continue with the game and it like i had no desire to like there is no way that like i i could see myself going back to play undertale like i honestly it's, i think it's like uh, such a good experience that like i don't want to go back and try to play it in another way like i've gone and like seen videos and like i'm like understand what happens but i have no desire because i think that what it achieved like i got i got exactly I, a, what i wanted out of it i'm assuming you went the pacifist route i i did that and i did a uh i i, I didn't i had to look up to see how to do the true pacifist route because like gotcha. i thought i had done it and then like i got like a neutral ending because there's plenty of endings to undertale and yeah. so like after i did the neutral ending like i went back and actually did the full pacifist after that i didn't even do the, like the full bad route i just did like a part a mostly bad route and that was enough to make me feel so bad to not even want to do it like it was like no can't can't make me do that <laughs> Yeah, I sort of know what you mean, because I, I even remember like in a game like Fable, mm -hmm. I played like did everything good the first way through. I mean, I might have done a couple like things along the way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, on the, I was like, oh, I'm going to play it again and be a bad guy. And like, I was just like, it's not really number one. It's not really all that different uh in right. fable <laughs> yeah. but uh but it also like i just don't really have that much fun just like being an asshole like i don't oh, really yeah. like you know i started playing a long this is a, a huge tangent i'm not going to really talk about it much but like i started playing uh god of war 3 i think it was a yeah. long time ago on my ps3 and it's like 
there was one segment where like there was this, I think it was Hermes or something, but it was some God and he was locked up and I had, I had the choice or I didn't have a choice, but I had to like, he was like, Oh, if you do this, I'll free, you know, if, if you help me, I'll help you, whatever. And you're like, okay. And you solve this puzzle and then you just murder him. You don't have a choice. You just murder mm-hmm. this God. And at that point I was just like, I don't want to be Kratos. Like, yeah. I, I, I know like the new God of War has a totally different like dynamic story wise, but in this particular setting, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be this character, you know? Yeah. Like, so I, I sort of get that. Like, yeah, if the, I know this is again, totally different in undertale, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you don't want to be an asshole. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I was planning on talking about some uh, bullet hell shmups because I actually was I was looking back at the last couple episodes that we recorded and I've been talking about uh, games from the itch.io bundle for racial uh, justice and equality. And uh, there's a ton of bullet hell shmups that are included in there, like, you know, at least a dozen or so, I would say, you know, at bullet hell, you know, in a loose sense of the term, you know, they're not all. I, I know some people are maybe very particular about their <laughs> shmup terms. Yeah. Um. But, you know, there's there's a ton of those. But I know, you know, not that you're not a fan of those, John, but Randall and I have a ton of experience playing some bullet hell shmups together. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a couple that I probably will talk about next week. Uh, Task Force Campus and a uh, risk system. They have like very, str- very strong retro vibes and like w- risk system in particular has like a Sega CD Dreamcast right. Sega Saturn kind of era vibe. Uh, which I know Randall's a huge fan of, and I, I am as well. I just don't have like the extensive knowledge and collection that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like really cool gameplay mechanics. But if if you're a fan of bullet hell shooters, and uh, I will put a link to this in the episode description. I found this. Uh, there's not any real great way on like the itch.io site or itch.io page to. I, there's like a search bar, so like if there's a game that came in the bundle that you know you want to grab. Uh, you can like go on in the bundle page and that you where you bought it and type it in and search for it. Um, but there's actually a website I found. It's like a random generator where you just click a button and it just picks a game for you to check out. Nice. But you can also like go to like a browse page and then you can like pick like, oh, I want to check out all the platformers in the bundle or I want to check out. It's a it's a really cool page. So I'll nice. definitely put that. I, I found a few games uh, that I didn't even realize that were included, even games that I was aware of. Uh, outside of the bundle, you know, and it was like, oh man, that came, that was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, and yet it moves, John. Yeah, from, the, from WiiWare. Yeah, uh, that I had it on my Wii, and yeah, oh, I, that I, was I, included I have it on my in the Wii bundle. U, I think. I I think I have it on my Wii U, but through the like you know the Wii right. uh, whatever emulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's included in the bundle too. Man. So I was like, oh man, I never actually really played that on my Wii, so maybe I actually will now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was planning on talking about that, but since Randall's not here, uh, I'm gonna talk real quick about a few games that actually were not included in the bundle. But uh, since I have been kind of just poking around on itch.io uh, i found a couple developers and i i think i might have actually seen this guy on uh, tw- uh twitter just seen some of his pixel art and stuff his name's daniel linson and i've been playing a, a few of his games and he has like well over a dozen again i'll make sure i put a link to like his actual page and and the links to these particular games uh but one uh we were planning on recording like maybe a little bit earlier tonight john and uh we were running a little bit behind so i started playing a different one of his games called adrenaline mm-hmm. or it's actually adrenaline and gotcha. it's a procedurally generated puzzle game 
Um, and it's like really simple, like, but like a really quick, and I know I always use uh, cyber protocol as a frame of reference. Like anybody knows that game, Hey, uh, but should. it's basically <laughs> exactly. And I talked about, I think it was last week uh, that I talked about Blitzbreaker, but this is like where you hit, basically it's a game where you hit up, down, left or right on the D pad and you're going to travel all the way along uh, until you hit like an until obstacle. you hit a wall or uh, an obstacle. And in this case, it's always going to be a wall. And they're just kind of these puzzly, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to do like a loop de loo around a corner and there's just like a switch that you have to hit. Um, and but it's not you don't have to stop on that switch like you just have to cross over it. So sometimes it'll be like in the middle. You know, does that kind yeah. of make sense? No, yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be like in a corner and you you don't have if to you stop pass over it, it at immediate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like it basically there's just like a timer that keeps ticking down and it's just how many levels it's really fast paced. Like a level takes like my high score is 22 levels. Nice. And I would say that probably took me maybe a minute, you know, nice. a minute or two. Yeah. Like it's really fast paced, really responsive controls, just like um, and you're just like again, and it keeps like the speed kind of like risk of rain almost keeps increasing as the gameplay goes on, I think. Nice. So like I that's just like the meter, like the speed that the meter ticks down at. It's not like the game is any faster. Um but yeah, like it it actually it feels great to play, honestly, with the joystick. Like I'm just able to kind of like because sometimes you have to kind of like whip around a corner real quick and it's like it like it's so responsive that you're able to just almost like like just do a circle with the joystick and like whip around that corner and go back around. And yeah, there's just like a clearly blocks and that you sort of get used to some of the procedural generation, you know, like, uh, but there's enough different like patterns that they throw at you that like, it's not an immediate, like there, there are times that I die on the first level, no. you know? So it's, and I, I don't think it, it doesn't seem like it ramps up really. It just seems like it's always roughly just random difficulty you know, with it within a range, okay. Uh, but just really addicting. There's there's no real music, but it's got like a nice sound effect and like a nice screen shake to it. Um, I'm guessing this was probably made for a lot of the games that this developers made have been uh, part of game jams and stuff. Nice, but really like polished experience. You know, it's got full controller support, uh, full screen and everything like that. Like I'm again, I'm just playing it on my TV, like I'm playing a console game. So you know, it's it's a small bite sized thing, but if you're into chasing high scores like if it had a leaderboard Hmm. i i would probably be super sucked into this thing but uh i'm just gonna real briefly talk about a couple other games that i've been playing at his and i actually did a couple of videos on these uh as part of that uh 15 minutes of game series that i talked about a couple weeks ago i think Mm -hmm. um but another game of his is called outline a lot of his games are platformers but he's got all kinds of stuff uh but these two that i played are both platformers uh the two other ones are uh, and this outline you play, it's like a really like it's just a 2D side scroller and there's not a lot to it. You know, you can just scroll to the side, but you play as an eraser and you're kind of like you. So every level is almost like it's not a single screen like it can scroll a little bit depending on the level. But like it's basically you go through a doorway Kirby style kind of and then, oh, you're on a new gotcha. set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little puzzly, but but a little bit a little more precision based. Uh, but it's got like a really great sense of humor. There's all these like text box, like right in the beginning, it'll be like, uh, when you're kind of like the first, like three, maybe like five levels are probably like the tutorial, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, it'll be like, Hey, jump on these spikes. And then you jump on the spikes and you die. And then you just jump or you walk up to the sign again. And it's just like, you idiot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you jump over it. And I don't know. It's just got got a good sense of humor. There's even one level that was just like an insult room Mm. entirely. It was like, you probably right click to copy and paste. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just like i don't know it's got like a really and all all of his games have like just a really great sense of style mm-hmm. again it's just like it looks like you know hand drawn it's got like it's pixel art but it kind of looks like it's like an outline it has a bunch of different palettes like you can make it almost look like a blueprint uh but just like really tight controls uh clever level design where it's like yeah they they get trickier than you think and this game is like a little larger than i thought it would be like i I, it probably doesn't take more than an hour to beat i would imagine i'm i'm more than halfway through and i've probably put about a half an hour 45 minutes in Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know but it's just really fun great sense of humor great sense of style and yeah one other game of his that i wanted to talk about was a bird song and it's another game that's like uh, a side-scrolling platformer and when you start the game, it's like zoomed in. It kind of looks like Game Boy style, like the the graphics are very Game Boy style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that four bit or right. whatever it is. Um, pa- but it starts color palette. Yeah. And it starts like super zoomed in um, where you just see like, you know, it just looks like an arcade Game Boy, like that real zoomed in like four by three ratio or whatever, whatever the ratio is. Um, but then it zooms out to where you can actually see the entire game. It's Ooh. a, it's a kind of like a Metroidvania, very small one, but a, but a Metroidvania of sorts with very few pickups. But it zooms out all the way. But the where your character is, it stays like a fisheye lens. Nice, so it's like super zoomed in in the center of the screen where your character is. Yeah. But then everywhere else, you you can see the whole entire map. Uh, At any point while you're playing the game, it's just like, again, all of his games are just have like such a great sense of style. Like they, they just caught my eye. I think they were recommended based on some of the other games that I had downloaded in the bundle. And I just like Birdsong, I think was the initial one that caught my eye. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but again, it's just like got really tight controls. It it takes a little bit of getting used to because of that fisheye perspective, you know, some of the jumps are tricky. And, but like, as you go, like I thought like at first you kind of collect these branches and then once you collect a branch, you can, if you find a save point, you can make a nest hmm. and then that's like a new save point. And every time you cross over those points, that's like your new starting point. Okay. Um, and then like, they're not like power ups, like a Metroidvania, but you, I thought it was going to be a double jump. Like I got, I found this power up and it was like jump, you know, like an arrow pointing up and jump. And I was like, oh, sweet double jump. But it's actually, I can just jump higher. Right. And then I found another one of those. I can jump a little higher than that. And then I did find a wall jump. Nice. And then I have found two other, like, just random seeming collectibles. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming, like, maybe the goal of the game is just to get however many of these collectibles there are. Like, they were they were both different. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming maybe, like, throughout the game. So there, there's definitely some areas I haven't explored. There was kind of like a, a maze thing. I, I, again, I was recording a video, and I was like, I got to a maze. I was like, okay, this is going to be boring. <laughs> well, I try to figure out where the hell to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just really cool designs. Like he's got another game. I haven't played these, but like he's got a game called window frame where you like sh- you play. It's a 2D platformer, but you like shoot arrows at the sides of the screen. And then you actually can you have to you have to play this with a keyboard and mouse. And then you grab the sides of the screen and you can like move where the walls are. And then you can wall jump off of the walls. Like he has other games where you actually have to have two windows open and like connect the two windows together to solve puzzles. Like just really, really creative designs and like just really highly recommend checking out. And he is like a, from what I can tell, they're all like just these independent itchio releases. Um, and they're all free downloads, but you can, you can like, they're recommended like two or three bucks you know to download them nice um but you can you can download them for free and then you leave a tip or whatever 
um, however you choose to do it. And he's got a he's got like twenty thousand followers on Twitter, so it's not like he's like some no name, mm-hmm. you know, indie developer. And but I just I love the pixel art again. I, I'll post some stuff, but even if it just catches your eye, like he's got dozens of games, and they're like many of them very different. There's one like a planet generator, like some that are just even more like interactive experiences. So like. Just highly recommend checking out Daniel Linson's stuff, even if just for the pixel art. Nice. So, um, but what have you been uh, sinking your uh, the majority? I've been talking a lot. So, what have you been uh, sinking your time into, John? Well, I uh, the other day just had like the itch to play Final Fantasy Tactics Advance again, which I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I, th- I think so. Like it, it that is one of my favorite games of all time. Like forever and ever that was the game that i spent more hours on than any other game um and like that has like shaped how i approach tactics games and it's uh, shaped how i like really enjoy tactics games so like you know i i I do like you know say the customization and like a fire emblem or something but like every time i play one of those games all i really want to do is just play final fantasy tactics advance again (laughs) and so uh every once in a while like i'll just look through the like tactics uh page on the the e-shop for the switch and you know i I, there's a few that i've looked at like uh one that i somehow hadn't seen before was a game called fell seal arbiter's mark and it's like very open in its uh like i think mission statement like i think it was a kickstarter game and i think like they like from the beginning were like we want to make a new final fantasy tactics game and like well going back to the original which i've still never played but i've you know a lot of our friends have and like i've talked to them about it and it's you know tactics advance i think is generally accepted to be an easier version of that game um and just like you know a lot like you can do a lot i think tactics like proper like has like a set amount of battles i think in the entire story like whereas tactics advance you know it's built around like you just playing like hundreds and hundreds of missions and just like sometimes you'll replay them or like redo events like so this one uh it was a game that like from the start like i booted like fell seal up and it had honestly a like difficulty customization menu that had at least 10 different parameters on it and (laughs) all of those like there was like you know just a straight up like difficulties like oh this like do you want it to be easy if this is your first time like ever playing a tactics game or like veteran i was just gonna ask did it have like a nice description like i I always appreciate when they kind of like have a secondary like if you're at this skill level play this you know or if you're familiar with platformers but to play this skill level it even gets like more granular than that like it gets like there's an items option where it's like enemies will use items but like they will have like at this setting they will have no uses of items so they won't be able to use them or they have like only this amount in their inventory so they aren't going to be able to like just endlessly use them or like even like down to the point of like revive where it's like oh your enemies will be able to revive any of their fallen enemies like there it's so granular to like the point where like there's also like a like enemy level progression where it's like oh like uh, at this level like they will always be like within like one level like uh like 
greater than you or less than you or like they'll be always stronger than you and like it they really have so much so like i set it to uh a difficulty that i thought i would enjoy like right from the start and yeah. i think i may have set it a little too hard or like right from the get-go because like can you change it once you can you've set it that, that's, okay that's, that's a nice, nice like you can change it at any time that you're not in a battle nice. and an, a thing that i actually really liked and that i wanted to like make either like at the default level punishment or higher was they have an injury thing where if a carrot like you can have it go all the way up to permadeath where like if uh, one of your characters fall in battle they're gone forever um but like the the default setting is if you if a character falls in battle they will be injured for however many battles um and if you can still deploy them and they will just have like a 5% or a 10% penalty to all their stats or okay. you can not use them in the next battle and like when uh, however many t- like battles they've rested then they won't be injured anymore and they'll be back at full strength and like i'm kind of in still a uh like i th- i don't think i ha- i think my main character is level 5 and i think like <clears throat> the lowest that any of my other characters are two maybe but like i'm still in areas where you know i'll be running into enemies who are all level four so like i've just gotten a my uh white mage has just been like eating it every single battle (laughs) and i don't think like i've basically ended with them injured every time and i'm just like ah god i i want to keep using you as like a dedicated like healer class but i know that that's just like very difficult right now when like basically i just have to have you like either in a battle and be as far away from every bit of action or just rest you because you got injured in last one but right so far like I've, I've been enjoying the story it's uh like at first you know i wasn't like immediately hooked like uh but i think after i think i've done maybe i think they call them scenes like each like individual level or like story beat i think i'm at like scene five or so where they've they've established the setting they've established what like the stakes are for the main quest so i'm I'm starting to get into it. I'm starting to care more about my like recruitable, like non story characters. Like, cause that's always been a thing in the tactics series where like, you'll get these randomized characters that are either in your party or your clan or whatever. And like, you can customize them. You can change their classes. And there's a progression to that where they get stronger. The more skills they learn in a certain class, they'll un- unlock another one like later on. And, like, once you start, like, committing certain characters to certain classes, then you start, at least what I do is I start, like, I don't know, associating. is like, oh, yeah, no, that character right there, they're my warrior class. Like, <laughs> they're always going, like, straight into battle and doing that. And, like, this one's a support one. They need to be as far away as possible. And you, you build up these stories for characters. And I think... That, yeah, that level of customization like really lends itself, and I'm I've really enjoyed like the class like system in this game because I I that I will say like there's a bit of just menu like confusion just because there's so many systems and like it does that they do have like not a tutorial option but like you know it'll give you prompts anytime there's a new mechanic on it's like hey. This is a brief description. You can turn that off at any time, but I've left it on because I was like, all right, I 
don't know what I'm doing here. I've got a vague idea because I've played tactics games before, but like it was really helpful and I, it had it definitely needed that at least for the first couple times because I otherwise had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, they can be tough to like get into right off the bat. Like, I, yeah, like especially when you're playing with a controller, like they do seem like they're slightly more designed or at least you can be a little more precise with a mouse or I, I shouldn't say more precise, but just quicker, you mm-hmm. know, oh, you yeah. can just click and like pick it. You know, they seem like tactics games just in, in general work pretty well on pc where like with a controller you really have to like like we were just talking to dj earlier and we were talking about playing and like he was saying he really was enjoying invisible ink and i was like oh i really want to get into that but i've been playing hack a lot Mm -hmm. uh, which was another game that was included in the bundle and that's like got a really specific it's a roguelike and it i've kind of i actually play with a combo of the controller and the mouse Mm -hmm. which is sort of weird but like the controller setup, I'm so like, it's like R2 is open the menu. Like every yep. button is so specific that oh, it's yeah. like, I can't play, I can't play another game that also has, which is probably why I've been playing all these Daniel Linson, like just one or two simple mechanics, like that are just explored to their extent. And mm-hmm. that's it, you know? Um, Cause yeah, I, I'm otherwise like kind of sinking some time into stuff like that. So yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely already at the point where like, you know, they've done a good job of like intuitively putting like swapping a character when you're in like one of these like camp menus where I'm just like, all right, I'm going through every single character's every single class and lo- uh, like leveling up the skills and like unlocking new things. And they have that down to a science where it's just really intuitive, really smooth. At least it's intuitive for me as someone who yeah. is like, especially with like tactics advance, like I was so used to like on the game boy advance just hitting r and cycling through characters and making sure everybody's <laughs> got everything equipped that it's like optimized to let uh it's I, i'm it's scratching an itch that i've desperately needed <laughs> for a while yeah what uh what kind of like pace does it play at because i i did play like the original final fantasy tactics on playstation just a tiny bit Mm -hmm. and i just remember it being like again i didn't play enough to get used to the menus and the control scheme and whatnot but like i just remember it being really slow and being very methodical you know is it does it have kind of that pace or is it is is it going for that style too like that ps1 era or what what kind of like graphical I think style is it going for? I know those are two totally different questions. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I think like the speed of it is pretty quick. Um, Okay, nice. At least in all the battles that I've done, you have a maximum number of like three characters on your team that you can deploy at a time. Cool. Um, So like those are at least, and I think I've only ever encountered six maximum of enemies. So you don't get overwhelmed. Like maps aren't massive. They're pretty like small contained maps. And then, like, you know, at at least also at the beginning, like, oh, I've just unlocked ranged weapons. So, like, there's a lot of just characters moving close to each other at the the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, But in terms of, like, graphics, actually, I really like how the, like, character sprites look. I don't know if sprite is technically the right term. Like, they're not, like to the level of like say disgaea where they're like you know character models that are like actually drawn and like look yeah like have like cartoon animations like they have a like kind of halfway point between like really like large and elongated sprites 
and that like kind of cartoony style. It's it's hard to describe, honestly. And especially I looked like, it up real quick and I I liked how it like it caught my eye. I was definitely like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. And it's but like there's a ton of character customization too, like for the like characters that you uh recruit, like you can change so much about them and they have so many different presets like the thing that i actually wasn't a huge fan of at least in handheld but was weirdly enough when i had it on like a big screen it didn't bother me as much was like the actual character portraits they're just in a such completely different style than the rest of the game like the game is kind of like this vibrant like i don't know like not 16 bit but that it is like you know not a subdued color palette yeah it was like very ornate and detailed like uh, maybe ornate's not the right word but it's but still yeah it was bright. like like yeah it was bright and vibrant like i said it caught my eye immediately where i was yeah. like oh cool and but then like the actual portraits of the characters which are like what you see whenever there's dialogue or like when you're selecting a character they're just very like detailed and like realistic's not like the right word but like they have like a lot of like depth to them that isn't anywhere else in the game and like oh it just seems very jarring to me like that like there are just these two completely different styles like i kind of wish that there was like that either i don't know the rest of the game looked more like the portraits or the portraits looked more like the rest of the game it's such a small nitpick that like doesn't really matter at all but I, okay, so this is a tangent. Do you do you have anything more to add to this game before I get off on this tangent? Or? Uh, not currently. I'll, I'll be playing it more, so like I'm sure I'll be coming back to it once I've played a little bit more of it. Yeah, because because I was gonna ask, uh, since because that that actually does take me out of some games, like when they you know just have like these juxtaposing styles or like are there any other games like one that comes to mind immediately and i i might take some flack for this and i think i brought this up on the podcast before but celeste kind of for me like i love the pixel art of celeste not a big fan of the character design but then also on top of that uh the like the world design when you're on like the world map is like sort of like this cell shaded like 3d just like all three of those different styles just really don't gel to me for like a game that that is otherwise so polished and like you know what i mean it just it just for me it was like it just felt weird or off to me i think at least with the character sprites and the like character profiles like it didn't bug me as much with that because like they are at least the exact same color scheme yeah like that that didn't seem like those were out of place in terms of that and like i also like with that like i liked both of those styles a lot so i love that i'm not a huge fan of the character like portraits or whatever but mm -hmm. i love the pixel art and i I don't hate the character designs but i just don't it's just not my thing but when yeah when you mentioned the like overworld like that did like jar like that was a, a huge whiplash of like just like this low poly like or low texture 3d thing that, yeah like, yeah and like even yeah the like little which is otherwise cool on. like it looks cool like right. if, I, oh, yeah. if i was playing a game that looked like that i'd be like oh yeah like i'd be like if i was playing a snowboarding game right going 100%. down like if i was playing red bull snowboarding mm-hmm. i'd be like oh yeah this is awesome yeah i'm on the next you know track or whatever but yeah, it just felt a little odd. And I there was another game that came to mind, and I can't think of it now. But there, yeah, there's there's definitely some games where uh, I guess even that uh, what was that game that we talked about in the podcast? It wasn't the world ends with you, but it was like uh, 
It was like that puzzle game. I don't remember. It was like that graphic novel puzzle battling game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, but it kind of had like I, these I two styles. Yeah. Like Frick, it, I, I liked it sometimes and it just, yeah, it just didn't fully gel together. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I liked just, the art. That was that, the thing with that one game, that game specifically, uh, uh, the world next door. Yes. Um, yes. I was just going to say, what the hell is the name of that <laughs> yeah. game? Yeah. Uh, was that like, I, I was, you know, had like this like chibi, like small, like character versions of the profile. Like there wasn't so much like a, a difference in style as just like, Oh, like you have these really detailed and like fully proportioned character models or character profiles. And then like the actual like character that you control is just this miniature version that like is like, yeah, a little cutesy version of it that. Yeah. Even the way it like something about the animation, like it almost looks like you're like controlling like a doll or something. Right. Yeah. And kind of like that flash level of character animation. Yeah. It and just, it can just take you out of the, exp- like, it's almost like sometimes like just, I almost wish you would like forgo the menu or forgo the, the portraits or forgo like in, in obviously in all specific instances, it's different in every case, but like, yeah. Are, are there any games that come to mind just off the top of your head that have that as well? Or honestly, I would kind of say the later paper Mario games. Like I know that they've been leaning into it as like, Oh, like the Mario's made of paper. Like he exists in a world where there's like physical objects and those like highly like detailed 3d objects, like a, a fan or like a pencil that is just like not in that style is just, I don't like it's, it I agree. I me. agree with you. I haven't played them enough or really at all, but yeah, Color Splash definitely has that vibe. Like it's almost like Pikmin a little bit, you know. Pikmin has those like photorealistic, but it works in Pikmin. It does work in Pikmin. You're just like, oh, I got to like at a weird scale where like everything's yeah. massive, so like it feels. Like, it makes sense when yeah. you find like a super photorealistic Duracell battery. And yeah. It's like, yeah, this is, this just makes sense, I guess, in this game. God, I miss but, yeah, <laughs> there, uh, I'm really mad. I can't think of the other game that came to mind. But yeah, that, that, that was just kind of interesting. Yeah, because there are there, that definitely does take me out of it sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes the presentation is, you know, again, like outline, like I talked about earlier. It's not like this. It's some amazing platformer that is unlike anything you've ever played before, you know, but uh, you know, I did forget to mention that it kind of does like because you're playing as an eraser, it kind of erases the tracks that you follow. But every time you mm. die, you can reset it and whatever. So you, it's, it doesn't add to the difficulty all that much because gotcha. you can reset at any point. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it, it is that aesthetic that gets me into the game. And it's so cohesive that it, it just feels like this experience, you know. So when you're playing this game like Celeste that I'm so sucked into and then I feel like kind of sucked out of at times. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I'm I am looking really forward to uh, the whole I don't know PS1 and 64 aesthetic that's coming back, where like yes, people are like finally like leaning into it in a way that like is kind of similar to like everybody getting into pixel art and like indie games. Where but like I think they're doing it in a really like like especially with those games like in order to make it look good or understandable or like literate at all you have to have a like actual like dedicated aesthetic 
And I think that the people who are like really trying to use like that medium are doing it really well. Like Anodyne 2. I was I was waiting for oh you to God. stop talking. And if you didn't bring it up, I was going to say <laughs> like Anodyne 2. And yeah. Like it. And like there was that other I forget what that like one horror game that came out a while ago. Oh, frick, I forget the name of it. But it was done in like a PS1 style. And like it just. The, like people are really using it to like a, a way that you never could in like uh, not PS one or like because well, they like run you can actually get it to run at like sixty frames right. a second yeah. or it's, it's not so much about that it's sixty but it just runs smooth you yeah. know because um, like, I don't know if this use, is the like, game you hundreds of textures more than you could ever in any of those games so. yeah and more just going on you mm-hmm. know like I, I don't know if this is the game you were thinking of but this I know this game has a little bit of a horror like theme to it but it's called Devil Daggers are you familiar with that no and i think i was thinking of paratropic is i think the game i was thinking of Uh, i don't think i'm familiar with that one but go ahead Uh, devil daggers is more like one of those high score chase i've never played it but it's like a high score chasing like first person and it's just like enemies just keep swarming you and you just have to keep throwing daggers at them but it, it just has that kind of like ps1 era yeah uh graphics but it, because it runs so smooth it looks good you know yeah. like those games like because they were like compressed onto not a dvd a cd <laughs> you know it was like they they were yeah compressed you know oh, so yeah. now that you're able to run that stuff smoothly and and on proper hardware um and not compressing it down to nothing it works pretty well. And oh, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm into it too, you know, and I am nostalgic. I, we both grew up in that era as like kind of a pivotal mm-hmm. era of getting into gaming. So at yeah. least for me, you know, I guess I shouldn't speak for you, but no, no, it was for me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think we've been talking long enough tonight, John, you oh, ready yeah. to uh, wrap it up here? Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, as always, uh, I'm not, I'm going to keep the post amble short here. I'm, I'm going to make that a term now, but all the links and everything are going to be in the episode description, pursuingpixels.com. Otherwise just type in whatever, uh, social media thing and slash pursuing pixels. But yeah, otherwise the links are in the episode descriptions, timestamps as well. Um, and hopefully we'll be back in full force next week. And if not, we'll be back in some other form. Uh, but, uh, until then, uh, take care and, uh, stay safe, everybody. See ya. He has it uh, laid out where it's like, these are in, in roughly order from best to worst, (laughs) which I love. Uh, he has this game called roguelite as his top game, which I've barely played, Mm -hmm. but, uh, with L I G H T and it's all about like, you play some kind of character. It's like a game boy style game. Um, he I think it was made familiar. for like, like a bird song definitely sounded like a game. I think I've heard that one before. That one seemed like one of his more well-known. He had that pretty high on his list. So, and also like, as you're talking about like all the different games that he has, like, do you, have you ever played any of Terry Cavanaugh's back catalog? How far back? Like, Cause I think only super hexagon is as far as I've gone. So you like, uh, well, have you played don't look back? Oh, that's him? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Don't look back I love was that like game. a turning point for like Terry Cavanaugh in terms of like the stuff that he was doing. Like that's there, a great there's a ton game. of stuff that just felt like game jam stuff, but he yeah. put his entire catalog on Ouya for free. Nice. So I played almost all of it. And like there's one that was like the American Dream or whatever, and like it was all just like you like 
it looked like a Commodore 64 or like an Atari. And it was just like, you wake up, go to work, like do your job for nine to five, go drink, put like stuff in the stock market. (laughs) And the game ended when you got a million (laughs) dollars. But like half of it was like, like do cocaine in the bathroom. Like, (laughs) Oh man. It was, it was all like very like fast paced and like, you were supposed to like beat it in like no time at all 